Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. This week we are talking about home, because you know what, that question in last week's question and answer session about when did you start calling Freiburg home, I just, I felt like I didn't answer it satisfyingly, for myself at least. And that made me think maybe I haven't thought about it satisfyingly. So I found myself a great guest who was willing to dive into it with me. You'll hear from Kelty in a minute. Kelty is a clarity coach. You might know her voice from the season six season finale where I gathered the stories of different people who had decided to or not to have kids in their expat life. She was on an episode of the Dear Shandy podcast. I don't know if anyone knows that one, but it's actually from a former Bachelor contestant who actually used to live in Germany. So I gotta say I'm a fan of her. She and her husband have a really great podcast that Kelty was on where they interviewed her about how to gain clarity about that topic. And Kelty also hosts her own events to help you gain clarity about that decision for yourself. She shares a lot more of her story in the episode, so I won't repeat ourselves here. But I did want to mention one kind of funny thing that happened. I was traveling and I went to Sofia in Bulgaria. I had never been there. It's actually the furthest east I've ever been, which is crazy to think. And I didn't know much about it beforehand, but I got there and it just really reminded me in some way of Philadelphia, where I'm from. Something about being in Sofia. I don't know if it was the height of the buildings, the width of the streets, Honestly, the trash on the streets, (laughs) we've got that in Philly the same way they do in Sofia. I I can't explain it. I really can't explain it. But somehow that feeling was there. And maybe one thing I can explain is they had pizza that you can buy by the slice. I just feel like I haven't seen that in most of my European travels. Like it's mostly been Italian style pizza, which obviously is amazing. But, you know, if you grew up in Philly in the Northeast, you're near New York, you have this New York style pizza that you order, it's huge. It's like the size of a table and you split one pizza for like three people. And if you're out and about, you can just buy a single slice of pizza for just a couple bucks and it's lunch. There you go. And that I just, I haven't seen. And something about seeing it in Sofia just made me so happy. I definitely got a piece. It was kind of for breakfast, honestly. I mean, it was at like maybe 11 o'clock, but it was the first thing I'd eaten that day. It wasn't particularly good pizza, but it was a slice of pepperoni pizza. And let me tell you, it was really great in terms of the experience. And it just goes to show, yeah, I don't really know how I define home, but I know it when I feel it and I know it when I see it. And it's so cool that you can find that feeling in so many different places that you would never expect it. Especially given what I share in this episode or my last time that I was home, I I didn't really get to be home that much, be out and about in the world. It was so nice to get that surprise boost here in Sofia. All right, with that, let us get to the episode, my conversation with Kelty. Enjoy. My name is Kelty McGuire, and I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada, and I am living in Munich, Germany for about five years now. Yeah, it feels like it should be one year shorter. Like, I I think everybody's commented on the pandemic having stolen a year from us, but it really feels like I have not been here for almost five years. Yeah, that, that actually is a relevant aspect of our main topic for today, which is 
what the heck is home? Because that was a big moment for people where they were having to make a decision of like, oh, if I'm about to get stuck somewhere for an indefined period of time, that changes how I define where I want to be and and what I call home. Before we get to that point, I want to figure out how you got here in the first place. Uh, Funny because I had someone today say, so did you move to Germany for love? I said, well, it wasn't for love, but it was with love. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't want to sound like that sort of quintessential cliche of, hey, I moved to Germany because I have a German husband. But um, that, in fact, is the case. I met my now husband, Chris, in 2009 in Vancouver, Canada. I'd actually just immediately prior to that spent about a year and a half living in Sydney, Australia. So this isn't my first expat rodeo. Really early on in the relationship, um, we got serious quite quickly. He said to me, I'm here from Germany. Um, His plan at that point was only to live in Vancouver for a year or so. And so early on in the relationship, we had that conversation of would I be willing to live in Germany at some point? I, I think it was fortunate that I'd already had this experience living overseas because for me, it was an immediate yes not just in the interest of the relationship, which I wanted to preserve. And, you know, it was important for me that we both live in the same country, but I was really excited by the idea of going and living elsewhere. So we made that early commitment. And yet, ironically, we did not end up moving to Germany until we'd been together for almost 10 years. <laughs> you know, it seemed as good a timing as any. And And the interesting thing with making big moves is that sometimes there's not really like, a big reason or impetus for that move. And in, in this case, I think it was really just many years of us saying, we'll go to Germany someday. And my husband, having lived away from his family for some time, you know, from the point of call it late 20s to late 30s, a lot had changed in his family with regards to there being, you know, no nieces and nephews to there being, I think at that point, five or six. <laughs> um, his parents had aged and with that came some health issues and so for Chris it felt really important for him to go spend some more time on his side of the world and for me I really just was up for the adventure and the change so we decided to move to Munich which was a city that neither of us had lived in previously he he's actually from Stuttgart um, and so it was nice for us both having a fresh start in a new city that neither of us had called home but of course it was a bigger change for me not having ever lived in Germany before. I'm fascinated by these moves where people just make that decision because they thought about it and decided (laughs) as opposed to moving for a job, moving for school, or often when people are moving and love is a part of the reason, it's like, well, we're doing this to to close the distance, to to be in the same place. And for you guys, it was really just a life decision that that this was the time and this was the move. So so then I do want to come back to the pandemic. So you've been there about two years when that hit. And did you guys have any moments of like, okay, where are we going to go for this? No, I don't think there was ever a question that we would leave Germany due to the pandemic. Somehow, I I feel like I took it pretty well in stride, probably less so than my mother did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely I didn't feel stuck. This is our home now. And I guess we're not going too far for the foreseeable future. And you did just use that very big and yet small word, (laughs) home. I'm excited to dive into this with you because I think we're going to have a good mixture of our personal experience, but also um, a bit of your professional experience. So um, can you also tell us a bit about what you've been up to professionally in, um, in Munich? 
Yeah. Well, actually, I had a different different profession when I moved here, which was uh, I was running a jewelry business. I was a jewelry designer. I had my own brand of jewelry um, that I produced and sold both online as well as in retail stores. Probably would have been timelines like a year or so after our move to Germany that I ended up making a big transition, closed that product-based business, and ended up deciding to move into a service-based business, um, which was a very intentional change for me with this realizing how I wanted to life to look and feel. And that was I, I started coaching people doing what I call clarity coaching, which is helping people get clear in terms of what it is they want, where they're going in life, predominantly on more of a career professional front, um, supporting small business owners, but really looking at in general, what do I want in my life? And how can I make that happen and realize that? Definitely the right person to take on this topic. It did come as an idea from a listener. And it's a topic that's come up over many episodes over the four years I've been doing this podcast. When I started thinking about this, one of the things I thought about is a scarf that I'm looking at right now. (laughs) It is kind of bright pink, which I think is the only bright pink thing I own. And it's got a bunch of maybe hibiscus flowers on it. I'm not really sure about my flowers, Um, but it's floral print. (laughs) Um, I think I got it from a thrift store 10 years ago or so, but I have no real memory. It doesn't hold any importance in and of itself. But it's relevant to this topic because for me, before I moved to Germany, um, I'd moved around the US a bit. The longest I've ever lived one place ever since leaving my parents' house at 18 is most recently. I was just in an apartment for two and a half years and I just moved again, like one, two months ago, something like that. Even in the US, I was moving apartments every year, every six months, something like that. And this scarf somehow along the way became this really grounding element for me where it's always taken on a different role wherever I am, but it's always been present of my setup and my decor. And right now it is covering my podcast equipment. <laughs> um, in my last last apartment, it was on my bookshelf. And the list goes on. It's not important. But what's important is that this item for me has really become critical. And, and it's been such a good choice, even though it wasn't one I made intentionally, because it's so small and malleable and I could put it really anywhere. So for me, that's a bit one 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 thing, one concrete thing that I can say when I think about home, that's something that I can say, yeah, okay, wherever that's hanging up, wherever that's decorated, that's home. And even more importantly is when I move, when it has its place and its new purpose, that's when I feel really settled in this new space. Um, and I'm wondering, do you have anything like that? Wow. Okay. First of all, that is super cool. Um, I did not think we'd be talking about the hibiscus question mark printed scarf (laughs) in this conversation. Um, So, I mean, what you're sharing is something that I, I recommend to people when they're going through any sort of change. It doesn't have to be a big move, but that's really to like have anchors in your life, whether that be an anchor object or experience or habit or ritual, or it could be relationship or multiple relationships. I'm trying to think if I have like an anchor object, so to speak. Um, You know, I don't want to call my dog an object, but certainly (laughs) having my dog, having my partner, like having our family unit certainly makes a place feel like home. And I, you know, without sounding like the hopeless romantic, um, I've always loved the quote. And I, I don't know if it came from the Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero song, or if they took it from somewhere else, but it's home is where I am when I'm with you. So Having my people definitely makes a place feel like home. I don't have anything so distinctive as the scarf that you mentioned, but I'm going to, of course, this is a question I'm going to be pondering in the back of my mind. When you came over to 
Germany. I mean, of course, those that involved a lot of shifts and changes, and then soon thereafter, a, a career shift too. Do you remember there being like a moment where you really truly felt like I I live here now, this is now my home? Or was it like in this case where where your anchors are your your people slash pet? Yeah. <laughs> um, was that pretty immediate for you? I would say it was relatively quick. I don't know if it was immediate, but I would say I felt quite settled within probably, you know, call it a few weeks. I think there were a few a few things that were in my favor in the sense that I had visited Germany multiple times, you know, having a partner from Germany that made it feel like a second home for me even prior to the move because we'd been over here so much. We had his family, we had friendships here established. Yeah, I I I don't want to make or give the impression that the move was without its road bumps, although most of them were probably bureaucratic, which you can probably appreciate living in Germany as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I, I think part of home is is it's a state of mind. It's that decision that like this is where I'm gonna be basing myself, but also recognizing that home surpasses any place that I am. And I think for me, the more I feel connected with myself the things that are important to me in my life, my values, um, even certain habits. Like, you know, we moved to Germany, having a big love for the outdoors, hiking being something that we do a lot of. And it was intentional for us to move to a city that was close to the mountains. And so for us, yeah, hiking here looks and feels a little bit different than it does in Vancouver and Canada, but that's something that we could carry with us. And so I think having this through line of, certain habits and rituals, you know, whether it's the way that we eat, keeping ourselves active, even something like going out with your dog two, three, four times a day, I think that gives or lends continuity from your past situation to where you find yourself that for me gives or creates this feeling of home. Yeah, that's my favorite part of moving. Honestly, part of me thinks like why I keep moving apartments. I mean, a lot of it has to do with just my life changing. But a lot of it has to do with that I, I like that habit building so much. <laughs> and I like having my habits too. That's also great. But the establishment of them and, and that phase where you're finding it, you know, where you're taking your dog out for and you're finding what your different options are for a route and what's your favorite, what's your go-to and what's your like a special treat because we've got time for a longer one. And it's not big, those little decisions. But for me, they're so wonderful and I love them so much. <laughs> Well, and it's, it's a great opportunity as well, like to not just unquestioningly bring things forward into your new life. Like you have a chance to say like, well, maybe that wasn't serving me or maybe I want to do things different or maybe, you know, maybe rather than going for my run after work, I actually want to start trying to be a morning person or maybe I don't want to run at all. And so I think having this sort of like interruption by changing homes, whether it's infrequently or in your case, like pretty often to say, <laughs> I, I think there's a, it gives us a really beautiful chance to ask, like, do I want to be doing this? Or maybe could my life look a little bit or a lot different? And then there's that sweetness where you realize one day, like, oh, I didn't think about this decision. I didn't think about where to take the dog, or I didn't think about how to get to the grocery store or where to find the post box to drop off a letter. Like it all just happened because oh, I guess I've been here long and oh, I guess I know these things, you know? And I think especially talking about international moves when a trip to the grocery store can be mildly traumatizing. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden you just did it and didn't think. And of course, then you have to realize that you did it and didn't think. That's also a bit of a catch, but it can be a really wonderful moment of like, oh, good, okay, I did, I, I am 
settling in here. I'm finding my feet, my my footing. <laughs> totally. Uh, I have to laugh when you talk about <laughs> a trip to the grocery store being mildly traumatizing. I'm like, oh, it's not just me. And I, I mean, it's it's kind of hysterical because it's like the most mundane small thing. But that was that was one moment I had moving here that made me really feel like, yeah, this change was despite me saying seamless, like it did have its challenges. And one of them was trying to figure out and distinguish one type of, I don't know, yogurt or something. It was like something like that. I remember messaging Chris (laughs) and being like, whoa, you were gone a really long time considering you went to get, you know, five items. And um, it's funny how these little frustrations, they can have, I guess, a bigger, deeper meaning of it's, it's not just knowing which yogurt to buy. It's really saying like, I don't understand this language. I feel like no one's here to support me. I feel so alien in a grocery store, which I've been to, you know, countless grocery stores in my life. It's really interesting um, how these little kind of experiences can be triggers and make you feel unsettled and like you don't have a home. For me, those are the worst ones. Like if I get really just faced with a really complicated bureaucratic process or like a difficult moment at work because it's a new workplace environment. I'm like very clear about the fact that these are happening because it's a new environment and I can be really forgiving and and kind to myself. But going to the grocery store and like I I remember for me it was trying to buy cream cheese and I I went three times in one night and every time I came back with the wrong thing until eventually we said we can make the meal work with this other thing. (laughs) But cream cheese. Like I looked up the word. I looked at the item. I thought I could get this done. And I think I brought back like a spreadable goat cheese once. One time I brought back like Clark, which is a thing we don't even have in the US. And I don't even know the details anymore. But those are the moments that are the hardest for me to be forgiving with myself, to be kind, because I'm like, I can't even grocery shop. Like, why do I think I can do any of this if I can't even buy cream cheese? (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel you. That the the dairy products seem to be a real stickler for (laughs) for us. If we cut out, if we go truly vegan and cut out the dairy, then it's a lot better. It's a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's why I've become, you know, really predominantly vegan since living here, because it was just too much to contend (laughs) with. (laughs) Do you still refer to British Columbia as home? Yeah, it's so funny you ask because part of me wants to say like, I feel at home everywhere I am. And then part of me is like, I feel at home nowhere. Um, Yes and no. I would say right now, like if, so if I went back to Vancouver for a visit versus being here, this feels like the place I'm more comfortable in most ways. Um, Certainly there's something really comforting about being around Canadians because we just have a different way of being and interacting than you find most places, say in Munich. I mean, I can't speak for the entirety of Germany. You know, it, it's it's kind of interesting or a bit unsettling going back to Vancouver in the sense that I don't think I'd necessarily live there again, which done, then makes you feel like, okay, if we don't live in Germany, but I don't feel at home there, like, where where then do we go? And of course, you know, there's endless options of where we could live in the world or even between both countries. But no, I wouldn't say I feel totally at home there. Overall, it doesn't really feel like my place. And I I remember that feeling a bit unsettling the first time I went back there. Like, hmm, no, this doesn't really feel like home to me anymore. I'd say for the most part, I feel it here. But I I think there's always a part of me that will feel a little bit of an outsider. But I, I guess that identity in itself feels like home. It's kind of hard to describe. Like, I feel at home in my foreignness. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's such a good way of putting it. I I feel that too. I went through a whole phase, maybe around year three or four Mm -hmm. of living in Germany, where I I 
work as a librarian by day. And, and so to keep doing my career, I had to learn German pretty quickly, threw myself into a job in a public library in Germany, which is working for like under a governmental institution, working with the public. Like These are very intensely cultural and communicative spaces. I, I was having some difficulties and I thought the solution was to just integrate even more, force myself to be more of the place I'm now calling home. And that didn't go well for me. And I was not a happy person. And it's more recently that I'm coming back to the piece of, yeah, the way you said it, like, I feel home in my foreignness. I, I feel more at home when I'm leaning more into the fact that, like, yeah, no, I can speak the language, I can work in these spaces, but I am not what's happening around me. Like I'm, I'm some, I'm different and, and I'm happy about that. For me, at least it took a long time to come to terms with it. I'm still struggling with it, but, but I'm getting there. Yeah. I really love the way you phrase that because I don't think I knew that that was an option. Yeah. It's so interesting what you share. It's like, I wonder how much of this idea of home is really a being at home within ourselves, which is, it sounds very, you know, kind of woo woo new agey. (laughs) (laughs) I've spent too much time in personal development, which I probably have, but I, I think even more than just being at home with who we are. It's like being at home with what is and like, what is, is the fact that like, you will never be a German because you aren't. What is, is that no matter how much you try and integrate yourself, there's always a part of you that will feel outside of things. And and maybe that acceptance of like, Hey, this is just the reality. And like, this is where I am today in this present moment, which maybe not where I am tomorrow. I, I, I don't know, maybe if that's more what we can say home is. When you were talking about visiting back home and realizing at some point that you didn't think you wanted to live there, um, I I had that moment too. And I had to grieve it, definitely, because it's shocking and it's upsetting. And that also made me feel like something was wrong with me where I was like, I also I don't think I can be where I'm from Mm. after spending all this time over here being like, well, I can't be them. So, you know, I expected to go home to the US and feel like, ah, right, this is it. And I got there and I was like, this is not it for me. (laughs) And that was really difficult. But once I got through the grief of it, I felt very freed because I realized that I could start visiting home, not doing the game of can I live here? And, And I'm here for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks playing dress up with this place. But rather, I'm here to visit and to have fun and enjoy people being friendly to me for no reason at all, because that's something I miss. And it's great to have it for a little bit. And like, wow, take out Uber, all these things, like whatever it might be, really loving that and enjoying it for what it is and not forcing this, this, oh, gosh, you have to, you have to be enjoying this in the framework of, and you will move back one day and love it. You know what I mean? So for me, that's been a really good thing about not feeling at home there. A hundred percent. Yeah. This like, I guess, redefining your relationship with that place, it brings a new level of comfort instead of trying to make something work or feel a certain way that just, it's just not that way anymore. It's not happening. Some people have gone back to where they're from or where they used to live and felt differently than what I just explained. And that was such a signal for them of like, oh, oh, this feels really good. This feels in some way like home. And I think that's also really important. Maybe, I don't know if you have any personal experience to speak on to that, but if there's someone listening who's kind of feeling maybe more in that boat, I wonder if there's any ideas or insights that you could offer them. 
A, there's nothing wrong with feeling that way and wanting that, right? So I, I think the question then becomes like, is that something that's available to you? Like if you say, actually, I really feel more at home where I'm originally from or where I used to live, is it possible to make that change? Is that something you want to? Because maybe you're okay not feeling at home right now and saying that's more home, but right now I'm okay being sort of this displaced person, so to speak, knowing that that's something that you can return to in the future. Now, if it's causing you a lot of misery and you think like, well, no, I just, I really want to be home. I think the question is, you know, A, is that feasible? B, if not, are you sure? Because I think a lot of times we we think, well, no, it's just, you know, it's just not possible based on current circumstances. Let's say, you know, work for yourself or a partner, or kids schooling, what have you. So then maybe the question is, you know, how could I make this work? Is there a way to be flexible? Is there a way to maybe spend more time in that place? The, the third thing would be if it's not feasible to go be there to ask yourself, like, what is it in particular that feels most like home? Um, and, and I think with this conversation, like one thing that's coming to mind is this sense or feeling of ease to a certain degree. And, and to ask, what is it that ultimately brings ease or the feeling of ease into my life? Or maybe it's a feeling of connection, right? Like looking at what's at the heart of that home, that place for you, what's really underneath of it in terms of emotions or experiences, and then looking at what are ways that I can creatively have and experience these, these things today. It may not be easy, of course, to establish the kind of relationships you have that have been longstanding elsewhere, but maybe there are means of having a, you know, a fixed phone date with your friend. Maybe it's looking at cultivating other sense of connection in your life through other means, maybe through a meetup group or through volunteering or through not necessarily trying to replace that exact thing, because I know it's not always possible, but asking yourself, okay, what's at the heart of home and how can I experience or cultivate that, bring those things into my life today so that I don't feel like I have to totally do without. Do you ever get homesick? No, <laughs> I wrinkle my nose because I'm like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> no, I don't. I have it, occasionally there's things that are specific to Vancouver that I wish I could have or experience or, you know, something like an exchange or dialogue with somebody will get my back up and I'll think like it wouldn't be like that in Vancouver. Like I have these little moments and I have to be careful about it. Um, Chris and I have sort of a funny exchange, whereas you know, whenever I say something like that, he's like, well, why don't you just go then? Like, why don't you go to Vancouver if you like it so much better? Um, and, and so I, I try not to draw parallels or comparisons between the two places, because there's, of course, going to be pros and cons to both. And there's a lot that I actually really, really love about living here that I know I wouldn't be able to have back in Canada. Um, so no, I wouldn't say I have homesickness very often. And I almost like I guess I feel almost guilty or shameful about it because it makes me question how much do you love the people and the things back home if you don't feel homesick for them? But I almost feel that the constraints of time less so, but certainly place, like they're, they're kind of imaginary in a sense. Like I guess, for example, me being here in Munich and one of my best friends being in Toronto it, it's not really that different than if I was in Vancouver versus Toronto. Like both are pretty far apart. Um, you know, likewise, maybe friends in the same city, I have to recognize that they're busy, they have their lives, a lot of my friends have children, like they're absorbed in, in that, understandably. And so I don't want to disillusion myself in thinking that if I was in Vancouver, things would be dramatically different than they are now. 
So no, I would say I don't usually feel homesick. Does that make me weird? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, but it makes me feel relieved because I I don't. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't usually say that because I think it's, I I also have that question of like, oh, is that weird? Is that bad? (laughs) Yeah. But for me, it's really the same. Of course, occasionally I'm like craving some food or experience from back home, but it's I, it's not really homesick the way that I've heard people describe it. And there's a yearning and a longing and a sadness when I hear a lot of friends talk about it. And I just don't, of course, I experience those emotions in other places, but not not in the same exact way. I'm relieved because I think one of the saddest things is trying to replicate something you're craving and missing in this homesick way in the new place and it not quite scratching that itch. Yeah. Like I remember over the summer there was a new friend in town and she really loved kayaking where she was from. And I was like, oh, there's this great lake that I love going to. And I, I saw you can rent kayaks. Let's go do that. We go do it. And yeah, it was a bit heartbreaking for her because it wasn't the the kind of kayaking she knew and loved and missed it was something yeah. different and she, yeah she was freshly moved and and thought like oh okay in this one day I'm gonna like get a little uh, relief you know and instead it was no just another reminder that this is not what you're missing and then that's oh, it's just so sad yeah no I agree I wondered about this with homesickness like maybe I would feel more homesick if I was somewhere more different like you know Germany I'm like okay well it's you know it's like a western country and it's northern hemisphere and it's Chris's family's here and I speak quite a bit of the language and so I don't know if I moved to like I don't know Pakistan or something then maybe I'd be like well now I'm really homesick like this is really quite different I don't know how much of it is me and how much of it is circumstantial But no, I agree. When people talk about like, oh God, I just felt so homesick. And like, yeah, like you say, this real longing, yearning sadness, it's understandably seems terrible. Like (laughs) I I have all the empathy for it, Um, but I I guess I can't empathize in the sense that like, I don't feel that way. I I had a moment recently where I thought, ah, am I, am I doing it? Am I feeling homesick? Um, (laughs) Because I I went back to the States for two weeks in September. Well, it wasn't quite two weeks. It was like 10 days. And I caught COVID on the flight over, which meant my positive test came back. I mean, maybe two, two and a half days after landing. And I got a negative test the day I was scheduled to fly back. So I was in the US, but functionally, I was not, you know, functionally, I was, I was trapped in my childhood bedroom (laughs) for a week and a half. And since getting back and starting to like, process one of the weird side effects was like I started to get homesick I wasn't even homesick before going I wasn't I was looking forward to going but more in like a yeah it'll be nice um kind of way and since coming back I'm like oh I really want that oh I really wish I was having this experience and this kind of a moment but then I was thinking about it and I was like I don't really know if that's real homesickness as much as just some form of self-pitying jealousy of like what I expected for my trip to be versus what it was or like some kind of missed opportunity thing so maybe it's almost homesickness but even that I was like that's so specific and it's not the it's maybe a micro dose of (laughs) this homesick feeling but I'm still not sure I think my closest was probably, it was actually really interesting. So it was, it was the last time I was in Canada before COVID. And it's interesting because looking back, I'm like, did I have a premonition that I wouldn't be going back? Because I was uncharacteristically teary to say goodbye to my mom. I remember I'd been sick the last two or three days and I was feeling a bit sorry for myself because I felt like the trip had sort of ended on this, you know, low note, a sick note. And I remember being 
in the guest room where I was staying and being, you know, quite kind of teary. And that goodbye was the last time I saw her for two years. But again, I don't know if it was homesickness. Like, of course, you're going to feel sad when you say bye to your mom who you get to see like once a year, once every two years or every six months. Like, you know, I felt, I felt sad saying bye to her. She just visited last month, but it was different. It was, this was interesting. And again, I don't know if it was because it was sad, but I felt like it wasn't usual for me to be quite so emotional as I was in that, that point. So. Yeah. Maybe there's something there about these experience. Like you were saying that the last couple of days weren't quite going the way you'd imagined or hoped for. Maybe there's something with that of like, I don't know, maybe if we were in a situation where, I mean, it sounds like both you and I go back somewhat normally, somewhat regularly. Um, It's not the case of like, oh, I haven't been in the whole five years I've been here or something. Maybe in that situation, it's different. Maybe maybe we're like getting our fill through the visits. I mean, who knows? But it's interesting and reassuring to know someone else who I quite respect is also feeling a lack of homesickness. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I I almost feel like I've had to like... fake it <laughs> like, like people are like oh move to Germany like so how's that been that must have been hard for you and I'm like nah it's been yeah. fine I like I feel like they're like you must be cold and heartless like it or, or specifically people back in Canada like I didn't want to give the impression like I just didn't care and I was like see you later sayonara but yeah it sort of was a little bit like yeah it's good this is what I wanted to do and here I am and life is good so right <laughs> Well, look, we've we've managed to end on a happy note, which is always good, because um, it is time to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it, just go with your gut. You I ready? hate these. <laughs> they're so fun to listen to, but they're hard to do. And brevity is not my strong suit, if, in case no one's noticed. <laughs> Well, that sounds like an enthusiastic, yeah, I'm ready to me. So let's do it. First question. Um, I'm not sure how the weather is in Munich right now, but here in Freiburg today, it is rainy, but in that like wonderful autumnal way. So what is your favorite cozy fall rainy day activity? Reading a book on the sofa with a blanket. Second question. You you live in Munich. You mentioned you love going out in nature. What would you say is the best or your personal favorite day trip adventure out into the nature? Day trip adventure? Oh. Like I like going to Bad Tolls if you want to go somewhere closer to Munich. Um, Tulzerland. Um, I, I really like going up above or near like Valkensee because you get the nice beautiful lakes below. And finally, we both managed to go visit the Dolomites in Northern Italy this year. What was your favorite memory or the best memory or moment you had on that trip? Oh, Dolomites. So for context, this is our fifth year, I believe it was, hiking in the Dolomites. Um, We do a multi-day every year. And this year we were in the Puez Geisler region is the name of that area. And on the third day of the hike, now I couldn't tell you specifically what this little part of the trail was called, but you know, the views basically are getting better and better and better. And we hiked up and just 360 degrees, stunning views everywhere. We could see Pittsbow, which is um, an over 3000 meter peak that we'd climbed the year prior. I just had such an incredible sense of my life is freaking fantastic. This is so beautiful. Like I felt so blessed. I was with this group of incredible friends. It's a gorgeous day. I've got the, you know, the good health and the mobility to be able to climb up here, hike up here. And I I had tears coming, which isn't super typical for me. And I just thought, wow, I'm so freaking lucky. Like this is what life is all about. So 
that was that was probably my favorite moment of the trip. I gotta say, like Dolomite Plug, that's how that place makes you feel. Like it's just it invites these these special magical moments, and I just love it about that place. Yeah, I'm like, oh, just talking about. It. Right. <laughs> we could have like a Dolomite's love up right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a love in or whatever they call coming. it. Yeah, next week it's just an episode of us talking about the Dolomites. Um, you. If you could now take a moment and share with us where people can find you. Yes, you can find me all the places under my name, Kelty McGuire, um, keltymcguire.com. My main social channels are going to be Instagram and LinkedIn. I also have a podcast actually called The Clarity Podcast, which you can also find via my websites. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a delightful discussion. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. This was such a great conversation. Thank you again to Kelty for coming onto the show and links to Kelty's social media and her website are in the show notes. I definitely recommend you give her a follow. I'm also linking in the show notes to her episode on the Dear Shandy podcast, where she explained how to gain clarity about if you would like to have children or not. While you're at it, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at The Expat Cast, and you can visit me online at theexpatcast.com. I am currently scheduling interviews for the next several months. So if you're interested, if you think you've got a story to tell, I think you do. Go ahead and drop me a line on any of those channels and we'll be in touch. As always, I want to thank Amy Lungy Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode about those weird transition months when you know you're leaving a country, but you haven't left yet. Till then, have a wonderful week. This done. Tschüss.